Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. Are you looking for practical ministry help to drive your ministry further, faster? Have a sinking feeling that your ministry training didn't prepare you for the real world? Hey, you're not alone. Join thousands of others in pursuit of stuff that we wish they had taught in seminary. Buckle up and let's get started with this week's Unseminary Podcast. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. My name's Rich, the host around these parts. I'm super honored that you would take some time out today uh, to be with us. We know you've got a lot going on uh, in your life and in your ministry, and we're just honored that you would take some time out to plug us in your earbuds uh, and listen to today's conversation. Uh, Today, we're honored to have the lead pastor of Athens Church, a fantastic church uh, in Athens, Georgia. Uh, His name's Sean C. Sean, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, Ritz. I'm honored to be here. No, I'm so glad to, to connect. Uh, Athens uh, Church has uh, been around since 2004, I believe, right? It's when you launched. Um, that, that's right. Strategic partner of uh, North Point Ministries. People may be familiar. Uh, this is a great church. If you're not following Sean and uh, Athens Church, you really should be. Uh, some great stuff going on here. Uh, a really great church. Uh, Sean, why don't you tell us about your church? Give us kind of uh, the flavor. What would people experience? A bit of the story, that sort of thing. Yeah. Well, um, as you mentioned, um, Athens Church is 11 years old. I actually um, started kind of gathering uh, a team in the fall of 04, but had our first service January 05. The, the five years pre- previous to that, um, I was on staff at North Point Community Church in Atlanta, and so we were uh, kind of launched as a stri- strategic partner of theirs. So you're going to get definitely a lot of North Point flavor, if you will. Um, but um, one of the things that's unique is we're in a college town. Mm-hmm. And so that um, always brings some fun dynamics <laughs> to our church. Uh, we absolutely love that. Um, it's kind of the major university uh, of our state. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, Athens Church is, uh, man, it's it's young. It's alive. Uh, it's also got a really neat um, diversity. Uh, Athens is a fairly um, diverse town. And so be that racially, socioeconomically, age-wise, I mm-hmm. uh, feel like we're, um, you know, fairly representative of the, of the town that we're in. Um, but it's a, uh, it's a really, really neat place. And yeah, I'm, I'm honored to be a part of it. Yeah, this is, uh, I've loved watching your story, you know, from afar, you know, it, it, a lot of good things have happened at here. Your church has been growing, you know, you've gone through kind of the, you know, the, the We Love Athens, you know, campaign, you've ended up opening a building, you know, it's been a, been a lot that's happened uh, in the, you know, 11 short years of your ministry. I'd love to kind of talk about your own kind of personal journey of leading in the midst of that. Um, how have you kind of um, continued to remain healthy through that process? How have you led as a leader um, in the midst of so much growth and impact in your, your community? Yeah, man. Well, I would love to tell you the story that I have remained healthy through this process, but that wouldn't be the true story. Right. Uh, the real true story would be, uh, man, I grew up in Atlanta and I grew up in a um, really dysfunctional home, um, mm-hmm. a, a dad that really loves me, but just an unhealthy home setting and got married at a really young age. Uh, Bonnie and I were 20 and 21 when we mm-hmm. got married, still in college. And, um, Anyway, uh, Andy Stanley began as a, as a mentor in my life at a, at a, a young age in mm-hmm. ministry, um, went away to Dallas Seminary, and then again spent five years at North Point. And so uh, I was very hungry and driven, and when I came into helping start Athens Church, um, I would love to tell you that I was um, more healthy than I was uh, from an emotional vantage point, um, but I, I, I really wasn't. And it took me several years to figure that out. Um, one thing about that's great about North Point is I learned about the concept of emotional intelligence and, mm-hmm. and EQ from a professional vantage point, but it, it took me a while 
before that really um, took root um, mm. from a personal vantage point. Mm -hmm. What would you say some of those you know indicators that there were maybe some internal issues that you need to wrestle with? I think sometimes, I know for me, I don't wanna speak on behalf of the people that are listening, I know for me, we can convince, I can convince myself that, hey, when things are going well in the ministry, when we're reaching people, um, you know, good things are happening there, we're raising money, doing all that kind of stuff. It's like, no, everything's good, everything's good. Um, but a lot of times that's not the case for folks that are in ministry. What were some of those kind of early indicators in your own life where you're like, hmm, maybe everything's not where it should be? Yeah, um, well, you know, it, it, I agree completely with what you're saying. Um, in terms of the church story, you know, if you back up and zoom way out and don't look at all the details real close, things did go really, really well for the first, mm. uh, you know, 10 or 11 years. Um, it's been God's given us an, an astounding amount of grace. Mm -hmm. And and I enjoyed it. And it was really hard work. And I, I don't know that I could do it again. Uh, mm. But I'm but I'm really glad that I got to be a part of it, That you know, this this first time around. Um, but I would just say um, internally, there was a growing sense that um, I, I was just more easily irritated than I want to be. I mm. was, uh, we have three children. Uh, my kids are now 15, 14, and uh, seven. And um, <clears throat> I just, I wasn't being as patient and gracious a father as I want to be. And I'm, I'm saying that in a super, like, politically correct way. Um, I, I was way more of a jerk. Uh, I was way more angry. I was way more impatient and intolerant and judgmental and critical mm. than I want to be. And I, I, I could sense some of this. I couldn't sense enough of it. Mm. And what I could sense, um, I was working on. I was uh, in accountability. I was mm -hmm. getting counseling. Um, I was praying about it. I, I was trying. Um, but for us, um, you know, I think part of your initial question was kind of what was the indicator. Mm -hmm. uh, we had a defining moment as a family, uh, okay. Labor Day of 2012. Mm -hmm. um, and I had a pretty significant, what I'm going to call, explosion um, in my home mm. where I was just loud and screaming and, and mm. you know, scaring the people uh, in my home and um, and it was that day that Bonnie, my wife, just finally kind of threw up a flag and said, you know what, we, we, just, we just can't keep doing this like this. Right. And so um, I, I would love to say that I was just wise and mature enough to come <laughs> to recognition that, hey, we had hit that point. The truth is I wasn't. Um, I, I needed her uh, and then I had a mentor and some accountability partners in my life who she engaged then at that point. And um, it was a it was a really really honestly really painful time. Mm. What were those those first steps? So, you know, they, I think you know you you came to you know somewhat realization. Obviously, love Bonnie dearly. She's waving a pretty significant flag, saying, "Hey, this needs to change." What were some of those early steps you took? Well, I, I'll say even backing up just a little bit before yep. that, by the grace of God because of the culture that I've been in, things like accountability were uh, significant. So those relationships were in place. Mm -hmm. Things like having a mentor couple mm -hmm. who we respect and look up to were in place. Um, things like having a counselor were yeah. in place. And I, I say that because a lot of times um, people that I know that kind of run into a wall, they don't have any of those right. so support systems in place. And so the first thing Bonnie was able to do was reach out to those support systems, mm -hmm. and uh, which for me was terribly humiliating. You know, mm. I, I, I again from the outside looking in, 
I'm healthy. I got a great marriage. I got three kids. I got a church that's growing. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm I'm kind of doing as well as I could possibly do. Mm-hmm. But then, uh, you know, as you got more closely associated to what was going on inside, um, there was a lot more pain there. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, so she reached out um, to those folks, and we began a, a series of really, really um, intense conversations. Mm-hmm. You know, I, the, I've heard it said that leaders need a circle of people around them that love them but aren't impressed with them. <laughs> and I think that's really true. You know, I think there are times, particularly when you find yourself in the lead role in an organization, um, you know, you need people in your life. Um, and, you know, that's a, a call to people who are listening in today to really examine before you get to, the, you know, the place where, you know, you find yourself, Sean, um, to say, do I have those people that could come and help? in, you know, amidst of a situation uh, like that. So what kind of what, where did life go from there? What was kind of some next steps? How did that, this impact, what were some of the changes that you made, you know, in your own professional life at the church? What, you know, what, what ended up happening kind of to help you get back to, to a better place? Yeah. Well, um, man, I, again, I wish I could tell you this really polished, you know, story <laughs> of how well I executed all of this, but um, that, that wouldn't be the, the accurate story. And I know just for the sake of the folks that are tracking, they're living in real life and they're mm-hmm. living in real ministry. And I, so I want them to know the real story. Mm-hmm. And so um, that really led into about a year of what I'm just going to call really intense investig- uh, conversations. And, um, and for me, I think I was real defensive at first. Uh, I felt misunderstood. I felt like... Uh, Bonnie wasn't seeing things accurately, and so I was trying to kind of present my case, if you will. And I think um, the voices in my life just continued to say, um, Sean, there's probably more truth in what Bonnie is communicating than you're completely aware of. Mm. And so it just took a long time. I mean, there was a a period of time in that first year where – uh, Bonnie started individual counseling right away. Some really, and, and there's a lot of different forms of counseling, mm-hmm. but I'm going to say this was pretty in depth, very Christ centered counseling mm-hmm. um, that that we needed at the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was at it, you know counselors aren't all the same, and uh, this was this was pretty in depth work. Um, and then I had a counselor mm-hmm. and then we had a counselor. So there was a time there were mm-hmm. three different counselors actively in mm-hmm. our lives trying mm-hmm. to help us navigate this. Mm-hmm. So that, that took about a, a year. And then about a year into that, um, my mentor and, and one thing that I, I didn't comment is probably, I don't know, six, seven months into it, we actually got the elders of our church involved. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that was at the recommendation of my mentor, and I think ultimately my mentor doesn't live in the same town that I do. Mm-hmm. And I think he really wanted someone who was going to have some close touch. Even yep. my accountability partners, we do it um, more like this, more mm-hmm. electronically. Um, and so we get together a couple times a year, but we don't live in the same towns. Mm-hmm. And so um, the elders got involved. And then about a year into it, um, my, my mentor uh, recommended to the elders that I take some time off. Okay. And uh, just sensed that it would be good for me and that I really needed it. And I will say by that time, um, you know, I'm now, I was now uh, about 14 years into ministry without any sort of substantial break. Mm -hmm. Uh, 
we have kids and we are able to go on a vacation from time to time. But anybody with young kids knows that kids with vacation is not really <laughs> it's not really downtime. No, it is it is uh, more stress. Uh, you know, at a different location, mm-hmm. uh, fun memories, fun pictures, but. Um, so, um, so yeah, when that idea came on the table, honestly, um, I was so grateful for it because Mm. I was just worn out. Now, what's interesting is in the North Point culture, there's nothing written in or built in about any sort of sabbatical process. Mm. Mm -hmm. I know that's a part of a lot of people's traditions, right? Um, it's not part of ours. Mm -hmm. And, um, so this was something that was really new. Mm. Um, this was not something that people were doing on a regular basis, but I just knew that I was out of gas. Right. Uh, I, I knew that I, I needed help. Mm-hmm. And so in the end of 2013, the last two and a half months of the year, I took off mm. um, and I can, uh, you know, love to talk to you about that time specifically, but I'll just pause and let you. Yeah. Let's do, let's dive into that. I think, you know, the idea of, you know, I, th- I think there are people that, you know, would love to take a sabbatical, but it's a little bit of what do I do? To, what do I do with that time? How do I leverage that um, so that it's not just time sitting in front of the TV and just kind of, you know, oh, I was off, but didn't really do the internal work that you know a break like that can can um, you know can do for you. Yeah, yeah, you know, uh, that was. It's interesting that you say that because one of the biggest problems that I faced was I didn't know what to do. Nobody told me what to do. Right. Um, I, I'm, I had some people in my life who were trying to tell me, hey, you need a little bit of this, you need a little bit of that, but nobody had a game plan for me. So I, I literally went to the elders and they didn't know that they had never done this before either. Right, right. And so uh, they just said, hey, put a plan together. Right. And so, man, I'll just say this in the, in, the, in the grace of God, I'm literally online searching anything I can possibly right. find out. I'm searching for places to go. Like I didn't know if I was going to go somewhere for two or three months. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know. I, I just, I didn't know. Right. And so I kind of piecemealed a plan together. Um, and I will say, looking back, first of all, that season of ministry um, was unquestionably the best ministry decision I've ever made. Mm. Uh, taking <laughs> that time off was bar none the best decision ever. So much so that just a week and a half ago, I had a conversation with our elders and said, I know we don't have a sabbatical policy built in. But we've got to figure out a system mm. uh, because, man, I'll just say this, Rich, to, to the folks that are listening. Um, there's a lot of pressure that comes with what we do. Mm-hmm. And there, there's, there's different kinds of pressure that if you work in typical working day world, everybody has pressure. I don't mean to yep. imply that others don't. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I have a, ha- have a friend who um, – just recently uh, was involved in an affair. Mm. And mm. You know, those are heartbreaking situations. And this guy most likely won't ever get his position back. Right. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a different kind of pressure. It's a different deal. Yep. I hope his family recovers from this. But if he worked at AT&T and he had an affair, it would be unfortunate. But the truth is on Monday he'd go back to work. And, you know, he would continue. And there's just a different level of, of pressure that comes with this. So in light of that, man, I just, um, I really, really want our people, and I want this for the, for the folks that are listening, to find out how to sustain a healthy pace. Mm-hmm. Um, so let me go back real quick. That yep. was a bit of a diversion there maybe. Yeah, but, um, 
to the question of what I did kind of during the sabbatical, yep. going back, um, it ended up being about two and a half months. Stuff. Essentially, the first month, I'm just going to call an unwind. Mm-hmm. And I literally would find a friend with a lake house and say, can I go there for a couple of days and escape? Mm-hmm. And then I'd find a friend with another place to go for a couple of days. Uh, we have a monastery in our area. Hmm. I went there for three or four days and literally just essentially didn't speak. Right. Um, I'd never had any experience with that before. Mm-hmm. Um, I took a trip with my dad. So it was just – but the one thing I did do is – I didn't even think about Athens Church. Wow. I didn't attend services. I didn't go to small group. I didn't mm-hmm. return emails. I didn't. I mean, the place could have caught on fire and I wouldn't know. <laughs> right. And the, I, I had to have that. Mm-hmm. For me, it had to be that level of separation. Mm-hmm. So literally, my wife was going to small group without me. Wow. Um, okay. My wife was going to staff retreat without me. Okay. Yep. I was going to the Christmas party without me. Right. I mean, that was just the, the nature of that. Then in the beginning of December, one of the things, just by the grace of God, I stumbled online and found was a two-week counseling intensive mm-hmm. um, uh, with a gentleman named Michael Cusick. It has a ministry called Restoring the Soul mm-hmm. in, in, in Denver. And um, it was three hours a day for two weeks. Wow. And it was specifically designed for people in ministry. And I'm just going to tell you, man, God met me there in a way that I've never been met anywhere hmm. else. Wow. And I think I had to be prepared for all of that, and um, you know, it was it was not a um, not an easy uh, you know not an easy thing to come to the kind of the end of myself, if you will, and, right. and to be ready for that. But that was a powerful, powerful turning point for me. Hmm. And then I came back and kind of slowly reintegrated um, into life. But I'll say this: even when I came back. Mm-hmm. One of my conversations with the elders was, I'm a little afraid of going back to my normal schedule because it was so powerful for me, the time off. Right. I was afraid jumping back, I was going to go back into 100 miles an hour. Right. And that I was going to kind of lose traction of some of what had taken place. Mm-hmm. So I actually changed my schedule, hmm. and we're now talking, I don't know, two plus years ago yep. at that point, and essentially I, I haven't. I haven't changed it back. Hmm. What were some of those, you know, just high level, some of those kind of tweaks you made to your schedule, things you, you practically did to ensure that you didn't end up back in the same place? Yeah, well, um, one of the main things is I'm a, I'm a type A driven, perfectionistic kind mm-hmm. of leader. I'm mm-hmm. a doer. Mm-hmm. And so prior to this time, I left my house most days at 630 and um, I went and exercised and started my day um, at, by <clears throat> usually a 7.30 breakfast meeting. Mm-hmm. And, um, and essentially, I didn't, you know, stop until 5. And then, you know, occasionally there's things in the evening or whatever. For the most part, we're not an evening culture. Um, but it was meeting to meeting to meeting to meeting to meeting and mm. task to task to task to task. And I just noticed that nowhere in there was there really any space for me to refuel my heart. Mm. And so I was, uh, I had a lot of withdrawals and very few deposits. Mm. And so essentially, um, my sons uh, are now ninth and eighth grade. Mm-hmm. And um, we live just not that far from their school. Mm-hmm. I decided that, um, you know, in the spirit of, of Orange and Reggie Joyner and mm-hmm. all those guys, that kind of marbles running out of the jar a number mm-hmm. of weeks left with my kids, mm-hmm. I decided I'm driving my kids to school from now on. That's just what. Oh, wow. Okay, it's cool. Ten minutes, but it's it's ten minutes of me in the car with them. Hopefully, not hollering at them and all that. <laughs> building them up and and, yes. and letting them know that I love them and and just little dad deposits mm-hmm. on the way out. And then once I drop them off at school, for the most part, for the first 
really until about 11 a.m. most days, mm-hmm. I, I schedule no meetings. Okay. Now, there are right. occasional things that come in, and it's impossible to block you know everything out. Mm-hmm. But I just guard that time as mm-hmm. a time for me to invest in my heart, mm-hmm. um, to learn. Um, and I've become a, 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 you know, lots of folks that I'm learning from during these days. Mm-hmm. And I feel like for me, I'm kind of doing 40 plus years of catch up mm. on getting my heart back to a healthy place. Mm-hmm. And I just know that the number one thing that my church needs is a healthy me. Mm. Mm-hmm. And if they don't have a healthy me, then I'm not able to, to provide the leadership that I need to provide. <laughs> and so I have noticed that as that's changed in me, it's ultimately changed the whole culture of our organization. Oh, interesting, of course, right? Speed yeah. of the leader, speed of the team, right? Things have trickled right. down. Have you on that front, have, have any kind of the, let's say, structural or staff dynamics changed at Athens? Like if you changed around some of the reporting or any of that stuff? Uh, I did. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I simplified who was reporting to me. Okay. Yep. Uh, so essentially, I just have our leadership team now that reports to me. So I've mm-hmm. got five um, teammates that I lead. Mm-hmm. And I even changed my meeting schedule with them. Okay. Uh, I now have individual meetings with them only once a month. Okay. So I have a, we have kind of a core meeting on uh, Monday afternoons, which mm-hmm. is the bulk of our team and the bulk of our kind of vision and decision making for, for a given week. Um, and I lead that meeting, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, but yeah, I meet with those guys um, once a month. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm sure that there are times they would tell you that's not enough. Right. Uh, but one of the tensions that you got to face in leadership is there's only so much that you can give away. Mm-hmm. And you got to you got to prioritize that and, and do the best you can. So now there's a number of meetings that I'm not a part of anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just and I, I, I just can't. Right. Well, and the good thing about that is you are, you know, you're empowering your people, right? At the end of the day, you're saying, hey, I, I need you to pick up your, your piece of the puzzle here. <laughs> and, so, you know, by not being in the room, uh, by leading, but not being in the room, um, you know, that does, you know, hopefully create a, you know, a healthy culture for folks to take their, you know, piece of the puzzle forward. Anything else you'd like to share? This has been great. I, I've loved getting a sense of kind of, you know, what's happened and the process that you're in. I just appreciate your openness and vulnerability of, you know, sharing today, because I think there, there are times um, that I think it's easy just to try to push back and say, no, no, everything's, everything's great. And I really appreciate you kind of walking us through uh, where things are at. But is there anything else you'd like to share before we transition into the rest of the episode? Yeah, man. I think. Um, thank you for your encouragement, by the way. And, and I've I've actually gotten that fairly consistently at Athens Church. And one of the things that I've just said, and I want to encourage other leaders with this, is I've found that it's um, more difficult for me to be inauthentic than to be authentic. <laughs> it, it's heavier to carry a weight of someone that I'm really not than of letting people see who I really am. Mm. And then I think the last thing that I would say is, you know, I could spend the next few hours telling you about <laughs> the things God did in that intensive, but one of the things that Michael Cusick did for me was introduce me to Brene Brown, mm. uh, the author. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've essentially read everything Brene's written, but uh, man, if you just started anywhere, she wrote a book called The Gifts of Imperfection. Mm. And mm-hmm. uh, it's absolutely incredible. And she's been a voice that has given me a new perspective on just my own heart and the way that I interact with people uh, that's given me a really, really helpful language. And so I've uh, become a, a pretty major Brene fan. 
This is the Unseminary Podcast. Stuff you wish they taught in seminary. Well, we're going to jump into the lightning round. That's the part of the episode where we ask similar questions of everybody that's on the show. Just honored today to have Sean C. with us from uh, Athens Church. Fantastic leader, great church. Uh, it's been a great conversation today. Uh, Sean, what's an online resource you're using uh, in your ministry that's particularly helping you these days? Yeah, man. Uh, you know, I mean, just really simply from an organizational vantage point, I'm a big Evernote guy. Yep. Um, I use Evernote just because obviously it's ability to go across uh, multiple platforms. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that's that's been something that's just a, a tool that's that's really, really helpful. Um, but uh, as I mentioned, I'm a, I'm a huge uh, Brene Brown fan. Mm-hmm. And so, man, um, her TED Talks and she's um, she's actually producing – um, some kind of courses right now mm. that are really helpful. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Daring Way mm-hmm. uh, is the name of some of what she's offering right now. And so I'm finding that what she's offering to be really, really helpful also. Very cool. Um, what's a book you've read, I don't know, maybe in the past six months to a year? You've mentioned a few already, um, you know, that's impacting your thinking. Oh, my goodness, man. I've done done so much reading um, in the last year or last couple of years. Mm-hmm. And as, as I mentioned, uh, you know, Brene has been um, a really, really huge part of that. Mm-hmm. Um, she's been uh, really, really key. Um, emotionally Healthy Spirituality and Emotionally Healthy Church by Pete Cazero mm-hmm. have been just massive resources of, as well. Um, and I'm about to read. My wife is in the middle of reading um, Ortberg Soul Keeper, and I know it's of a similar vein. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I'm really excited about uh, turning to that next. I also read um, Levi Lesko's um, uh, through the eyes of a lion is that the name of it oh, I, I um, yeah so. about his about his daughter Lenya um, and just facing difficulty in, in life and ministry so anyway sorry you asked for one and no no that's great no that's good that's uh, that's really good if you could get 15 minutes with any leader alive that's out there today uh, who would you want to get that with and why yeah well I'm a, a little bit of a, a broken record but man <laughs> I would do anything to, to spend time uh, with Brene Brown mm-hmm. I just Number one, uh, the way she carries herself is so relatable mm-hmm. and so authentic, and I think mm-hmm. she breaks down so many barriers. Mm-hmm. But Brene, because of her research, has developed a language around what I think many of us, most of us, the human soul is navigating mm-hmm. that I think is just new. Her concept of living um, in a wholehearted way mm-hmm. uh, is such a powerful idea, mm-hmm. and so uh, man, just to get to spend some time with her and talk through that some more would be would be great. Very cool. Well, I know um, you know today. I'm sure you, you find find a way to kind of kick back and relax. You guys got a lot going on at the church, trying to balance that, and then also home life. What do you do just for fun? What do you do just to kind of kick back today when you're just trying to get some time? Uh, you know, just do something fun. You know what's funny, man. <laughs> The older I get, I find myself wanting to sleep more. Um, <laughs> any, any sleep I can get is great. But I'm, I'm a big sports nut. Right. So uh, this afternoon, I'll go watch my oldest son, um, his team, play some basketball. Nice. And uh, I actually even play some old men basketball where our goal is to sweat and not get injured. So <laughs> yeah, don't keep, turn keep over on your low. ankle. That's right. That's, right. <laughs> that's great. Well, thanks so much, Sean. I really appreciate uh, you being on the, sh- the show today. I really appreciate that. You also did a series um, at Athens Church called Trending Toward Healthy. Um, that covered some of this, this you know, kind of co- content as well, didn't you? I did, yeah, yeah, and it kind of birthed out of you know the journey mm-hmm. um, that I've been on, and uh, yeah, it was a four-part series that we did mm-hmm. uh, at the end of 2015. It's it's on our website at AthensChurch.com, and um, yeah, it was that's great. A lot of fun. We'll, we'll link to that too in the in the show notes where people can get a chance to see that. And if people want to get in touch touch with you, what's the best way to do that? The church website. 
Yeah, AthensChurch.com is yep. definitely great. I'm on Twitter, just Sean C. Mm-hmm. Um, also, so that's an, an easy way to do it. Um, but uh, yeah, man, would, would love to help any way I can. Great. Thanks so much, Sean. Appreciate you being on the show today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thank you for tuning in to this week's Unseminary podcast. Don't be shy. We'd love to connect. Check out Unseminary Inbox. You can sign up at unseminary.com and we'll send you helpful training resources every week. Plus, you'll gain immediate access to our exclusive members area with tons of resources you can use. Connect with Rich on Twitter at Rich Birch or through email rich at unseminary.com Don't forget to check out the show notes for this episode at unseminary.com It includes links to what we talked about today and more. Leave a comment. We'd love to hear from you. Did you enjoy today's episode? Drop by iTunes and leave a review. Thanks again for tuning in to this week's Unseminary podcast. Join us next week when we'll learn more stuff we wish they taught in seminary.